Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters, and today we are so excited to be joined by a special guest, his first appearance on the PHNX Coyotes podcast, Arizona Coyotes president and CEO, Javier Gutierrez. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I uh, have wanted to get on for a while, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to why I could it. But it's uh, great to talk to you guys. Thanks so much for having me. In all your free time, Javier, <laughs> you haven't been able to squeeze, squeeze us in. Uh, Good Lord, is not it... only that, but you know, I, I had a little bit of a gag order there. So, and, uh, and is is the Tempe City Council meeting over yet, or is it still going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, uh, you know, it was it was long, but. Uh, it was it was a fantastic uh, outcome for us, so we were very happy to be there. We'll get to that in just a minute. But on a personal note, uh, bringing up what Steve Petey just talked about, when you took this job, did you know that there would be no days off? <laughs> no, uh, I mean Alex Morello. He he certainly uh, showed me the uh, the the future and the vision. Uh, but getting there uh, has been certainly unexpected. As I tell people all the time. It was everything that I thought it would be and nothing that I thought it would be. And uh, it's been it's been a fantastic honor. Uh, very excited and, and obviously still really, really a lot of work to do uh, to get to where we want to be. As you mentioned early on in your tenure, getting an arena solution was essentially priority one through ten. It, it was the thing that had to get done here. We all knew that it, it had been hanging over this franchise for a very long time. PHNX had a lot of coverage of the Tempe City Council meeting on June 2nd. I, of course, was on vacation where I generally am when arena news breaks for the Coyotes. <laughs> but with the council voting to move forward with this proposal, Javier, what are your general feelings about that, that decision alone and, and all the challenges in getting to this point? Sure. Well, we were truly grateful, you know, and uh, we were humbled uh, by the decision. Uh, it obviously starts by thanking uh, the city council, thanking the staff for all their hard work. And uh, as you mentioned, it's it's yet another major milestone for us, but it's still a long ways to go. It uh, I think it showed that we had proposed a pretty compelling uh, proposal enough to, to engage in the conversation of formal negotiations. We feel very confident that uh, we put together something that not only is, and you heard the word, I think uh, about a hundred times, transformative, uh, it is a landfill, and uh, the vision we have is to turn it into a landmark. And we're willing to put up a significant amount of our money uh, to do so. And uh, I really tip my hat to Alex Morello, his commitment uh, throughout uh, from buying this, uh, this franchise and really bringing about uh, a, a change in how it operates and how it, uh, how it really does business, uh, but also uh, really this commitment to bring 
a iconic uh, urban uh, redevelopment and, and really the what will be a best in class, not only district, but but certainly an arena. His commitment has never wavered. And so it was great to not only see the council really hear us uh, in terms of our proposal and to give us this opportunity, but also the number of people that came out and said, not only are we fans of hockey and fans of the of the, of the club, but we're fans of this ownership group and what we stand for in terms of leveraging the power of sports to make a difference in the Valley. And uh, that was truly humbling uh, to see so many people come out in support. What's next for this project? Because obviously the Tempe city council is yes to move forward with negotiations. So what are going to be some of those main negotiating points moving forward? Sure. Well, yeah, uh, that, that is the next step. It's, it's the commencement of formal negotiations uh, with the city staff, with the city council. And I think it's a lot of things. One is to have them get comfortable uh, with the proposal that we've made, with this uh, not only project, which is going to be a transformation of, of 46 acres there on Priest and Rio Salado along Tempe Town Lake, uh, but also the proposed deal that we've put together. We were committed to not having any taxpayer uh, be at risk with our proposal. That was one of the first things that we had talked to them about uh, in our very first meetings. And that was one of the goals that we had. And what we've put together is to say, listen, we'll buy the land. We're going to build it. We're going to remediate it. Uh, we're going to put our money into building two over $2 billion worth of real estate. And we're going to use that as collateral uh, for public use infrastructure uh, bonds that we are requesting the city do that are not on the balance sheet of the city. And so we feel very strongly that we'll walk through the deal, we'll walk through the proposal. And then another thing that happened, which was fantastic, is we were finally able to talk about this publicly. As, as many of you know, once we submitted the RFP, there's a transparency clause in the procurement laws that really precluded us from, from having any say. Um, however, anybody who wanted to comment, critique, oppose, they had full reign to say whatever they wanted. And that really was, was difficult because there was so much being said about us, so much being said about this project, and uh, we really couldn't say anything. And so now, here I am. I'm in front of you guys. I'm talking about it. I am uh, unabashed in terms of our uh, real confidence that it is exactly what would be uh, beneficial to, to the Valley and certainly to all the Coyotes fans and the fans in waiting. One thing I wanted to say, Javier, first I have a comment. is I, I've seen the city council meetings take place in Glendale. I've seen them in Scottsdale. And this one in Tempe, just honestly, it had a different feel. Like we've seen the parade of Coyote fans in the jerseys get up and say hockey, hockey, we've heard, which is great. Like we all love hockey. That's why we're here. This one felt different because it was more people from different backgrounds with different reasons to appreciate the organization, not just hockey, which was great. We love the game, but there are so many different things and different aspects that this project reaches into, not just hockey. So that excited me. And, and I know Leah brought it up, the future. Are there any dates earmarked yet that we can start looking forward to? Is it just it's just kind of wait and see at this point? Sure. I, I'd love to be able to tell you a date, but the reality is we're going to respect this process as we have from day one. And really the city is is in charge of it. And, you know, you know we were very eager to begin conversations with them. I actually called uh, pretty much every council member and, and the city staff the morning of uh, right after the uh, the approval. 
so Friday morning, we went right back at it to say, what is it that we can do to get you all uh, comfortable? Um, certainly another component of, of this time period is going to be our outreach to the community. We said, this is what we're proposing. But what we're really proposing is a partnership. And that partnership needs input and needs insight uh, to what really the, the entire community wants. Like I said, we, we think we've put something that is really, really strong and, and certainly very compelling. But we really need input uh, as to is this the vision that this community wants and, and wants to in and, and, and various aspects of it to, to really address their concerns. Uh, but I do want to go back to, to how you started. That was probably the most uh, you know, wonderful thing about that hearing. As I said over and over again, when I joined and when Alex bought the team, we want to win. We have a plan. You guys cover it really well about what we want to do as a hockey team, as an NHL franchise. But we want to stand for more than just winning. We really want to leverage our voice and our platform to make a difference in people's lives. And despite COVID and despite all of the noise about uh, this organization and us as an ownership and leadership group. I think what you saw that evening at that hearing was so many entities, so many civic leaders and community leaders who that resonated with them, that we are here uh, to really, really be about serving others. Um, I talk all the time about, I, I have two great examples as part of the organization about what we want to stand for. And that's Shane Doan and Lindsey Fry. If you want to know what we want to be about, they represent what we want to be about. Excellence on the ice, but even more excellence as human beings. And that's what we as an organization want to stand for. Javier, let's get into some of these issues that have come up, as you mentioned, before you could actually speak on the topic yourself. Mm -hmm. Some of them real, some of them perceived. I'll, I'll use a kind word for some of those. Um, let's start with this. As is often the case with these sorts of projects, there was some option, uh, opposition from local residents. Mm -hmm. What would you say to residents living near the proposed site to convince them that this district is good for the neighborhood, that it won't adversely impact them? Sure. Uh, well, I first start by saying that we're, we're excited to come and talk to them, that we're excited to get in front of them and have them get to know not only the project that we're proposing, but us as people. Uh, because many of them do not know us and do not know that we are the partner that I think is exactly what this city uh, really is looking for. Um, that's the first thing I would say. The second is um, we were really happy to see the recommendation from the staff about our proposal, about the, it being a compelling uh, you know, proposal that we've put together that was comprehensive um, and that had a deal structure that seemed absolutely what we had you know, tried to accomplish, which was to eliminate any risk to the taxpayer. Um, I would also point out that uh, one of their consultants that, that was hired by the city of Tempe really stated very succinctly and clearly, this is the highest and best use of that land. Remember, this is a landfill that for, for some reason about five, six weeks ago caught on fire, right? And has not generated any economic activity. In fact, it is a liability. And yet here we are, we're willing to put up all this money to clean it, to build on it and to use that real estate to, in essence, be the collateral for bonding that would be for public use. This is exactly the vision of what you want. Private capital for private real estate development, public capital for public uses. And yet 
you know, we understand that there are folks that have questions and that want to hear their voice be heard. And we want to do that. Um, and so that's what I would say. I would say that we are here to take in input, to be a partner. And yet we also know that what we are proposing will be an iconic urban redevelopment anchored by a state-of-the-art sports and entertainment facility that we know every Tempe resident will be proud to have right there in their backyard. One of the issues that locals have raised is the traffic that will be necessarily come with the development of this size and, and the location. Um, look, Pete and I have been all over the NHL. We've been in every NHL arena and a lot of them, quite frankly, are, are far less accessible than this one will be right off the freeway. But in terms of alleviating concerns about traffic, what would you say? Uh, I, I know you can't really talk about plans until you have a deal, but in general terms, what would you say to residents? Sure. Well, I think the very first thing that I'd say is that we are very mindful of it and that we are hopeful to have conversations. Maybe we haven't thought of things that others uh, could come up with to help alleviate. One of the things that for sure uh, we would highlight is what you just said, incredible access to the freeway. You're talking about really there uh, right on the 202, right off the, the priest uh, exit. Um, and so you're talking about accessibility uh, that I think really, really should not be, you know, sort of uh, diminished in terms of why that site is a great, great location. In addition, however, we know that they're going to need to think about new modes of transportation. We have already begun having conversations with ride sharing uh, companies that are thinking about it as one node with other nodes out in uh, in other parts of Tempe. I, as you know, just moved from Los Angeles a couple of years ago. And one of the things that if you go to Old Town Pasadena, uh, especially for UCLA football games and for when the Rose Bowl is activated, they have district-wide parking and valet options, which is something that I think we have begun having conversations with Tempe, where you can pick up your car, you can actually take a shuttle, you can take a bus and have parking throughout the entire city. So it's not all in one uh, specific area. Uh, but also, I mean, how many of us would have thought that we'd be taking something called a bird about five to seven years ago? And so these micro mobility options are absolutely things that we are being mindful of trying to create. And what that will do is not only alleviate traffic, uh, but also help create a connectivity to the other parts of Tempe, which we know is important for us. And it's important for the residents of Tempe. So this is an area that we continue to be very mindful of. Um, and have some ideas, but certainly are also open to what else is out there. And then finally, the streetcar, right? The streetcar is a public transit option. Um, there's been an incredible amount of investment in infrastructure. We think that this development helps enhance the usage of the streetcar, and we are very much looking forward to it. You guys also heard that your tickets to games are going to be uh, used as uh, tickets for public transportation the day of game. We may want to expand that to be even further because we do anticipate this being a live work play district that's going to be activated year round. I know you addressed this one a little bit at the meeting and afterward in media interviews, but I wanted to ask you again, the financial evaluation of Alex Morello's, you know, his financial situation painted a bit of a rough picture. Um, so I wanted to ask you, first of all, what was your reaction to that? How has Alex weathered the challenges that COVID has presented? And then what can you do to allay any council or other concerns on this front? 
Sure. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit. Let me talk about how uh, how Alex and, and the organization have weathered COVID. Um, you know, it has been a challenge, just like any other sports and entertainment um, entity has uh, faced during COVID. And yet you have an owner who just committed what will be almost $30 million for a temporary location at ASU. And I'm sure we'll talk about that, but I, I talk about it a little bit in, in sort of that ESPN 30 for 30 mode. What if I told you there was an owner who was willing to put up $30 million of his own capital for a temporary solution while he's trying to put up $2 billion of his own capital for a permanent solution? What would you think, one, of his commitment, but two, of his financial wherewithal to be able to make that happen? And this isn't, you know, let's put it off for years. We're, we're making that investment. I, I said this at the meeting. We have already invested in the Tempe community. We're already part of that community with what we did in our partnership with uh, ASU. So that's how we've weathered. Uh, I really give a lot of credit to Alex in his commitment to not only see this organization flourish, but to do so in a global pandemic. And yes, we have had to have conversations with our partners, with our vendors, uh, with, with a number of entities to say, this is the time when you have to be partners and you have to address what has been changed circumstances. Um, but we have always paid our bills. We have always uh, met our financial commitments. Despite any of the noise that's out there, we have been in business. Alex has been in business for 40 years in highly regulated entities. We own a bank together, as you all know, a two and a half billion dollar bank. We are in the media business, so we have FCC licenses. Uh, we're in the gaming business, so we have casino licenses and obviously the sports franchise. And that has been over multiple economic cycles and recessions. This isn't just uh, you know when times have been good. You're talking about an owner that has really been very successful through multiple instances and so COVID, yeah, was a challenge, and we have been very transparent about it, and yet we have moved forward. How, you know, what happened at the hearing? Yeah, we were a bit surprised um, when you see a, uh, a report from uh, Dun & Bradstreet, and it shows that uh, an entity that owns a professional sports team uh, wouldn't qualify for more than $5,000 in credit. Well, had I been asked, had I had the opportunity, so now I have, that same entity 30 days prior had been underwritten by seven banks and actually been extended over 150 million dollars of credit that same one the one that was highlighted that same one had received over 150 million dollars in credit from entities like citibank bank of america pnc you know fifth third bank so a laundry list of incredibly you know, strong financial institutions had underwritten that entity and had underwritten this ownership. And so for us, it was a bit surprising um, to hear you had received a score that was so uh, negative, which we didn't quite understand what went behind it. Uh, but I can tell you this, as I committed there, we're fully transparent. We're open to having the city council and the city staff talk directly to our financial institutions and assess the financial strength of Alex Morello, of the Morello Group, and of the Arizona Coyotes. And very similar to what we did with Arizona State University, which hired a third-party due diligence firm and got quite comfortable to move forward with us. And so we feel that that's, that's what we know. 
I couldn't tell you about any of the other commentary that's out there, uh, but uh, our financial strength should not at all be a question mark in this project. I want to ask you about the airport. This is a story that I've been covering off and on for a very long time because I remember when the Cardinals tried to build in the same vicinity. Um, you finally get the chance to speak on this as well. And Nick Wood spoke at length at the hearing. Do you feel like Nick Wood adequately addressed all of the concerns? Or are there more bridges to cross with this issue? Well, you know, I think Nick did an incredible job at that hearing of basically making the statement, which you all should be well aware of, which is the intergovernmental agreement between the city of Tempe and the city of Phoenix absolutely allows residential development in the location that we are seeking to build, point blank. There is nothing in documentation that undermines that statement that I just said or that limits our ability to move forward with what we have proposed. The intergovernmental agreement allows residential, 100%. Second, we went through this entire sort of back and forth about maps, right? Mm -hmm. It's very clear the maps that are the, the governing maps from the FAA allow us to build this type of development in that noise contour. We have to have noise mitigation, which we will, and we have to have, you know, uh, certain other attenuations of, you know, making sure people sign off when they buy rent, uh, and become tenants or, or become renters, uh, that they're fully aware of where, where they are buying. There is no doubt about that. Other than that, however, we have stated from day one, we would not have proposed something that would not be allowed. And I think the challenge for the airport was very clear. We are allowed to do this. And they certainly had some, 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 some opposition to that. And um, we're not quite sure what's really behind that. You guys can speculate. You guys were here during the, the entire ordeal with the Cardinals. But I can tell you this. We feel very confident that what is on the govern, governing documents allow us to build, allow us to move forward, and that's what we're going to do. And I think the city of Tempe heard that, and that's why they were very comfortable moving forward to the next stage, which is the formal uh, negotiations of the project. I want to ask you one more thing, and then I'll shut up and let my co-hosts actually speak here. But can you update us on payment issues with Glendale, sales tax, all the things that we've heard about, basically the Glendale situation in general? Can you give us an update on all of that and your thoughts? Well, I appreciate it because uh, now, we, now we're allowed to, I think, address them very, very directly. And uh, so let me start by saying this, that first, when, it, when that issue of sales tax came up, uh, I was informed about it about 5 p.m. Um, an article came out at 5.30 p.m., and by 9 a.m. the next day, it was paid in full. So as I've said over and over again, uh, we pay our commitments. Um, and so that's the first thing I'll start off with. The second is it was an error on our part, and we own up to it. And we said we owned up to it. And that error started with the fact that during COVID, so going back to the situation we were dealing with, this automatic payment of TPT, right, uh, transaction progress tax or sales tax, uh, this automatic payment that we would make on a monthly basis was shut off because we were giving refunds to our season ticket members, to vendors, to even our media partners. We were giving refunds. And so the balances were being thrown off of revenue versus refunds. And so the decision was made. The error was that it wasn't turned back on. Okay. It was also compounded by another human error, which is 
we didn't update our contact information with the Department of Revenue. And in fact, there is a, a, a very um, active writer out there that decided to post uh, the notice that we received. And I was very glad that she did because it noticed the notice was to the Phoenix Coyotes at a Phoenix address, which we do not. The Phoenix Coyotes do not exist, nor does that address anymore exist. I believe it was the one that the NHL league office used when this entity was under their purview. So as you could tell, we never received any of the notices. But let's be very clear. If any city had not received sale tax by any business for 17 months, a city would pick up the phone and call that entity. And that was what I asked the city of Glendale. In all that time, you couldn't have picked up the phone in good faith to inform us of this issue. And so it was very obvious what was going on. They were trying to use it as a bit of an embarrassment to us we paid it immediately, and that's really unfortunate that that's what the city tried to do. And um, there's there's not much that we can say. We've now moved on, but I want folks to be rest assured that that issue, that's exactly what happened. We're transparent about it. We will own up to our mistake, but we want to remind people, once we were made aware of it, it was settled immediately. Um, on that note with Glendale, I, I believe your last payment to them is due on June 30th and you're, you have to vacate the premises after that. Are you up to date with all of your payments? And, and in fact, are you out of Gila River already? I don't know what your situation is there. Yeah, no. So we are up to date with all payments to not only them, but to all of our vendors. And that's that's one thing that I want to just stop and end that narrative. There is no issues with us as a financial you know, uh, standing with who we owe things to. There are good faith disagreements, just as there were with Glendale, uh, which they then took um, and, and really took it down a different path. We believe to justify uh, why we would have turned down a 20 year lease extension, which is exactly what they wanted us to do. And I'm happy to talk about that. Um, but no, there are no issues with us. We will be out prior to June 30th. We are not out yet. Our hockey operations uh, are, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Their offices have been uh, completed. They're, they're done. We are leasing out office space in the office sur surrounding the ice den Scottsdale. So we're moving all of our hockey up there. Our training facility, as you all know, will be there at the ice den Scottsdale. We have been doing some enhancements to the locker room to, to help with that. But as you all know, we've used that. That has been the, the, the training facility, um, practice facility for the Coyotes for many years. Uh, we're also going to have our hockey business operations uh, up there. And so we've already leased. Uh, those guys have already moved. And then in addition, uh, to, again, talking about the commitment that Alex Morello has made, we acquired uh, a training facility. That'll be where the players train, where they work out, where they'll get their medical um, and therapy, uh, where their lounge is going to be. And that is, again, all in that same complex. I know you guys have been up there, but if folks have been to the Eisden Scottsdale, it's surrounded by, by buildings and office space uh, around that entire parking uh, lot area. And so that's that's where we will be. That's, uh, and so we're excited about that. And and I do appreciate, uh, you know, Taylor Burke and Marcy and all those folks up at the Ice Den Scottsdale uh, for just being so accommodating to us and, and being real partners. So I want to pivot to the arena um, with ASU. Um, so 
what's the status of the annex that you're building at the multi-purpose arena? Is it still scheduled for December? And a two-part question, do you have a firm sense of whether you'll be playing games in October? Sure. Um, so I just, I, I get uh, updates. We all get updates uh, of the pictures. And as you can, I believe now, you can go on to a video and you can see it being built. Um, and so it's an exciting time. You, you never realize how excited you get about concrete slabs going into a piece of dirt. Uh, but so that's where we're at. The annex is moving uh, in on schedule by all accounts. Um, you know, the, the facility itself will be open in September and the community ice rink will be open in September. Our understandings that they're, they're going to have some events before they start ASU hockey there. And so that's, that is uh, on schedule in terms of the annex. It is, it should be uh, very much uh, done in that December timeframe. But to answer your question, yes, we anticipate playing games in October. And that's what we've said over and over again. We will have to make some accommodations and we're working with the Oakview group as the manager of the facility as well as ASU to do so. But that was always our intent was to have games there um, as soon as possible in the October timeframe, even if the annex was not uh, fully completed. Uh, but but that's that's what we're planning. That's what we are. You know, obviously the schedule hasn't been released and I don't want to steal the thunder of, of the <laughs> NHL and doing that. Um, but but we it definitely will be playing uh, home games in October uh, at that facility. And we're excited about that. One of the things I, and I, Craig always says this, too, because he, he has to defend this franchise to the, the national media at times because they get the wrong narrative. And I've had the opportunity over the last few weeks. I've had a chance to talk to opposing teams, coaching staffs and, and people that work in the NHL. And I say, what do you guys think? Like, really think of playing at ASU. And some have curiosity, like what's it going to be? But for the most part, people are excited. One, it's proximity to to, to the airport it's proximity to entertainment venues and hotels so people are players coaches teams aren't going oh this is ridiculous they're going can't wait like let's go yeah. my question to you is the concern i have is you're going from an arena that holds sixteen thousand to five tickets so i i know that our, we have a you know there's a strong rabid fan base that have season tickets will there be an opportunity for season uh, single game tickets, will will there be availability for people that love this team that can't quite fit into the this, this, the the full season ticket? Are there smaller ticket packages? Are there single game packages? Possibly, can an ASU student actually get to a game? You know, what are what are some of the things that are going to happen ticket wise that people can actually get to the games? Yeah, that's a really good question. I really appreciate that because um, there is all types of stories out there about this facility. Um, one. I'm glad to hear that you guys are starting to hear what we've heard, which is people are excited about this, right? You're on the campus there at ASU and some opportunity to really tap into a younger, uh, maybe non-hockey fan base, uh, in addition to this incredibly rabid uh, Coyote fan base that exists here in the Valley. I, a second, it's in the great location. You just said it. People who understand Arizona, understand the Valley, understand exactly where that location is and how great it is, how it's in the middle of everything that's going on in terms of the growth economy, entertainment, Mill Avenue, downtown Tempe, the proximity to the airport, the proximity to, uh, to, to freeways. They get it. They understand it. And I think they're excited about that. Plus, it's going to be a great environment. It's loud right now. I go once a week. When you're talking, it's loud. 
imagine when you're having NHL hockey in there. It's going to have that buzz, that feel, that excitement. And guess what? Players really, really, they thrive on that. And fans thrive on that to have energy, to have excitement. And so that we're very much looking forward to uh, there. In terms of, you know, I, I think the, the the other component of, you know, ASU is a phenomenal partner. I mean, it just is. That's the partner that you want to have here. And that's one thing that we have absolutely been so thankful for and humbled by. Um, you know, it, it, as far as, I think, you know, what, what, you know, the, the, the other components, um, I think people just want to want to see it. They, 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 they really want to have, they want to experience it. And I think once they do, I think that has been top of mind in our ticketing packages. Right. Um, so I, I, a couple of things right off the bat, and I've said this on the number of times, but somehow it gets lost. We're going to have at least 500 uh, tickets for students every game, at least. Okay. That's number one. Number two, we've said over and over again, we want everybody to experience this. And so, yes, we have come out first to try to ensure that fans that have been with us for years, that have been season ticket members, that have been part of the journey of the Coyotes, they deservedly so should have first access. But another of our components has been how do we get more and more people through it. And so, yes, we will have a student section. We will have a standing room uh, only section that will also be part of the, th and you're seeing this by the way, in multiple arenas. So this isn't just because it's at ASU. You, people want to walk around. They want to be part of the whole vibe. They want to see action from multiple angles. They want to be with their friends that don't necessarily want to sit, you know, uh, in, in their seat for the entire game. So there's going to be activity. And so the student section, the standing room so only section, and then at least 10% of the entire capacity on a daily basis will be for single games. And in fact, one thing that we haven't really uh, gone out yet because we're still very much getting a lot of interest from our existing uh, season ticket members on, on partials, on halves, on fulls. Uh, but one of the things we want to do is we want to build what has been dubbed the, the Coyotes Club, where one of the benefits is priority access to single game tickets and to give you a chance to say, I want to go check out a game. I want to uh, do it with uh, a handful of friends of mine. How do I have access? Well, one of the things we wanted to do, and, and Craig's heard this before, is we are going to have first right to purchase from our season ticket members, whether they're half or full or partial, we have the first right to purchase those because we want to then give it to folks that are in this you know, queue and in this in this base. Um, and that way we can ensure that people who want to see a game, they'll, ha they'll have the ability to do that. So we're very mindful of it. We're very mindful that we want to tap into the ASU community, the alumni base. You have 450,000 ASU alumni in Maricopa County alone. We're now there. We have this 80,000 student uh, body that we want to have be part of this. We want all these fans that many of whom really have said location is an issue for us. We haven't been able to experience a game over the last 19 years. Now we want to. We want to give them access. So it's top of mind. Uh, we think it's going to be a great environment, and it's on us, and we've been trying to very much focus on giving that experience to as many people as possible. 
Another thing that came out of the Tempe City Council meeting is we learned that with the new arena could come an NHL All-Star game and an NHL draft. Yeah. Um, something really exciting and that I know a lot of Coyotes fans have been wanting for a long time. So what might that do for Arizona from economic standpoint, visibility standpoints, and also, more importantly, how do you keep people cool in June or July for an NHL draft in Arizona? I've always wondered. Very, very good question. Well, listen, it, it, it's exciting to hear directly from Commissioner Gary Bettman get up in a public ear and say, if this moves forward, you looking at the draft, you're looking at an all-star game, you're looking at all these other special um, you know, events that are done throughout the NHL. I personally still want to do what I've done, the duel in the desert out at Sun Devil Field, uh, Stadium rather, um, on, on uh, New Year's Eve. I think it'd be amazing to do that. Um, I've been told the keeping the ice cool even on uh, New Year's Eve here in uh, Arizona may be a challenge, but you know what? We can figure it out. I think it's exciting. We think we're very excited about this. Um, how do you keep people cool? Well, listen, people love coming uh, to Arizona. They may just come for a very short amount of time in the middle of uh, of the summer, but there's so many great places. There's so many great resorts. Um, you're seeing people who still come here, whether it's for weddings, whether it's for birthdays, celebrations, graduations, and what have you. We think that it would be a phenomenal uh, economic uh, lift in the middle of the summer here in the Valley. We know people will travel from all around all the other NHL cities that's the one thing. And you guys actually heard it directly from Clayton Keller. Players, fans, they love Arizona. They really, really like this place. They like this market. And there is concern because now when you see a shiny new arena in an entertainment district right in the middle of Tempe, we know that it will change the dynamics of this club within the NHL. And we're excited about it. We know it will attract players, fans, and corporate partners and so we're it's something that we know has has absolutely been the the missing piece as craig and i used to always talk about when we first met this is the missing piece to create this organization's ascendancy at the very top of the nhl you've talked about it a couple of times today about in, in you're talking about the hockey department ascending and 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 you talked about winning this time of year for a hockey fan is the ultimate the playoff time of year is fantastic. And you watch and embrace these cities like Tampa and Colorado, have, how they rallied and embraced their teams. People that have been in the Valley long enough and followed this team back in 2012 when they made their run and the excitement it generated. Do you ever sit at your desk, close your eyes, and just imagine what this whole thing could be like in Tempe and a playoff run? We absolutely do. And, and the one that I sit with to talk about it with is Shane Doan. I sit with Shane. I say, Shane, what was it like? Tell me the feeling. Tell me what it feels like to actually be there. And then I talk with Bill Armstrong, you know, and, and his runs with St. Louis and, you know, the things, the, the, the emotions that come out when you talk to, to those two guys about what this can be and will be. And, and we're very, very committed to it. And um, we just think it'll be it, – it, I've said this so many times – this is a hockey town. It really is a hockey town. I know I don't have to convince you guys, but it is a hockey town. It's just been on this organization to actually get it right. We believe very strongly we have the plan. We have the vision. We have the commitment. I've said this. You have an ownership group that is very much aligned to bring a Stanley Cup to the Valley. And 
the opportunity to do so. It, it would be an incredible honor for us to do so. And we know it will just be, it'll be electric here in the desert. Javier, this is by far the least important question that we're going to ask you today, but I keep getting people asking me about that artist rendering with Tempe Town Lake in front of the arena. So how do we get Tempe Town Lake to extend down to the arena so we could get that money TV shot before nationally televised games? Oh, man. So it's it's the question I get asked every single day by Alex Morello. So, Javier, you're, you're working on extending the lake, right? That's That's what we're working on right now. I said, listen. It would be fantastic. It's obviously a big uh, endeavor, but you've seen the impact that having Tempe Town Lake has made. And so um, it would be something that we'd have to actually go to the federal government. The Army Corps of Engineers actually oversees Tempe Town Lake. And so it, it, it would be a bigger uh, you know, room full of people to talk about it. But with us being there, hopefully uh, in the very near future, it gives you that reason to continue to fulfill what actually John McCain uh, had wanted to see, which is the extension of Rio Salado all the way through actually downtown Phoenix and and beyond. And so we think that we would be uh, that impetus to make this happen, and we would very much be part of that conversation. So yes. Um, by the way, we did have an artist rendering of the water, and we said, well, let's let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but um, it, it would be fantastic. All right. As long as we're dreaming, I've asked you about this before as well. Any progress on hosting a game in Mexico City or your hometown of Guadalajara? Absolutely. So we we again, predating me and, and Alex being here, these conversations had begun at the league office. They had been sort of curtailed and, and kind of stopped because of covid. It's been reengaged. In fact, we have a meeting later this summer uh, amongst some of the teams that are potential targets to do something like that. I've said this over and over again. I can't be a team here in Arizona um, and not truly embrace not only the the, the Mexican uh, opportunity, but the Latino community here. Um, and so you've seen the Diamondbacks do it very well. The Cardinals are going to beat us to the punch. They'll be down in Mexico City uh, this fall. And so I think... Uh, the, the league office is very, very serious about it. And uh, we certainly uh, have made it very clear that we absolutely need to be there. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that within the next couple of years, you'll see us get down there. And uh, we, we are going to start doing some youth hockey uh, efforts down there, uh, irrespective of that decision. And that's something that uh, we're working on trying to do as well coming out of out of COVID. And last last one for me. It's it's we're gonna get a little bit hockey in this because I know you, you and General Manager Bill Armstrong are very close, and you communicate. And the, the two programs have all the synergy. Mm-hmm. But we're two weeks away from the draft, and on our show, we've talked about the patience it takes to get through a be- rebuild. We get it. We're all on board. We're, we support it, and and as everybody's got the plan. And I'm excited because the plan of the rebuild and the plan of the new arena seem to be on similar paths for a time frame. Um, how do you feel the hockey product and the team is progressing? Is it, is it on schedule? Are we okay? Is the, the draft going to be, you know, are you excited about the draft? Are we going the right direction hockey-wise? We absolutely are going in the right direction. I really tip my hat to, to Bill and to his staff. And, I mean, let's start, and, and he does not get enough credit, Bear. The selection of Bear as our head coach has been incredible. You're talking about someone that, you know, quite frankly, if we were at a different place in our cycle as an organization, 
he'd be right up there as a potential coach of the year candidate. The, what he did in terms of instilling a culture, a mentality, and really execution, right? And, and I give a lot of credit to, to Bill and, and to Shane for really suggesting that he was the right person to lead our team uh, through this you know, strategic plan that we are executing on. Um, but I will also say, this isn't just a, hey, the plan is to, to sit and wait. You're seeing action right now. You're seeing us having what is now seven draft picks in the first two rounds. You're seeing the development and the investment we've made. We have one of the biggest um, um, scouting departments and one of the most experienced, as Bill pointed out to me, we have actually five guys on our scouting staff and our, our, that have picked number one overall, right, just to give you a sense. So there is incredible amount of experience that we have made an investment, as well as player development. We have put in a lot of, of investment. And so we've said this over and over again. What's going to happen in about a month, that's our Stanley Cup right now. We're going to go and we're going to go out and, and win it. And that's what we've been focused on. And I'm sure you guys have seen it. The Both amateur and pro scouts are up at our casino in Reno. Um, really, really focused on it. They're having a great time as well doing it, but they're working really, really, really hard. Uh, but the point is that they're getting inculcated into the family environment that Alex Morello uh, really has as, uh, uh, for all his uh, companies um, with one focus in mind to continue to move forward, to continue to work hard, to bring a Stanley Cup. I think this draft is going to be very exciting for us. It's going to obviously be very impactful. And uh, our fans should be very excited about what we're putting together. And, yeah, you're going to have to grow. You're going to have to develop. Um, but it does help when uh, Bill Armstrong shows up and puts on a video of what you guys saw at Tempe uh, City uh, at, the, at the public hearing a couple of weeks ago. Craig is weekly muting. Yeah, muting. He's he a, can you tell he's a professional? He's a professional media guy. Yeah, can you tell? <laughs> Lee is going to grimace at this transition from me. But speaking of family atmospheres, we just partnered with Four Peaks Brewery, which has been my favorite brewery in the city for a very long time, and is also in Tempe. Are you a beer drinker, Javier? And if so, what is your beer of choice? And and don't think that I'm going to judge you on this choice, but I probably will. You probably will. So I, I, I have been known to have a beer or two. Less so in this job, I'll be very honest. I'm going to say more so now that you're so, the job. Yes, there you go. But it's been less so just because there's so much to do every single day. Uh, but my beer of choice is Modelo. It's uh, good tasting, still pretty light. You can have uh, – uh, you can have more than one and, uh, and still do okay at a uh, social function. So uh, that's my beer choice. Well, Javier, we can't thank you enough for your generous time today. Um, really, we appreciate it. And we hope we'll have you back on sometime again soon. You're welcome to join us anytime. Thank you, guys. And by the way, great work. You guys do an incredible job of really being there for the Coyotes uh, uh, hockey community. And I just really want to thank you. And and really from the bottom of our heart, we really appreciate um, how you help the fandom here in the Valley and with this incredible uh, Coyote fan base. And happy to be on anytime. I can now talk about anything you want to talk about. Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're going to hold you to that. We are going to have you on again, for sure, as the season gets closer. We're, we're really excited, and we're excited about everything going on in Tempe and, and the vision of what this can become in the future, um, and we'll be right alongside watching it all the way. So thanks again for taking all the time today, Javier. We appreciate it.
Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. I'm thinking a weekly segment, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You can take my seat full time. I don't care. (laughs) Thanks, Javier. Thanks, Javier. I'm I'm large again. Um, Thanks again to Javier Gutierrez for his time today. I mean, that was 45 minutes uninterrupted of his time. It was absolutely unbelievable. Some great insights on the future of the team. It it gets me really excited for what's to come, both hockey-wise and community-wise. That was awesome. I love breaking news on the show. There were all sorts of tidbits that I hadn't heard before. So we're going to have to go back through all those clips so that we make sure we can uh, highlight some of that stuff. But again, listen, a lot of this stuff is, is, is what we've already discussed on the show. I think many Coyotes fans understand the intricacy of some of these issues, but it was good to hear the team president and CEO come out and, and really lay those out in detail, clarify all of those issues for our listeners. Yeah, for me, it's not, you know, you can read, you can read a tweet, you can see, you know, a written statement, a press release, but to have him say, no, here's what's going on. Okay, so, so when somebody comes up to me and goes, well, this is what, no, here's, he said, this is, this is what's going on. So for me, it was just getting that validation of, of things that we have known and people we've talked to, but getting that validation of this is the path, Ron, I answered all your questions let's go. And I think that that's, that's where I felt like, okay, this is, I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we got to have him on, on the air and answer the questions that Coyotes fans have been asking. And more importantly, that non Coyote fans have been badgering us about. So I'm glad we got through this. And, and again, next step, let's go, let's go next step, one step at a time. And before, before you know it, we sit and Craig and I will be on paddle boats right along. Right along. <laughs> and, and he should unmute again if he wants to talk on the on the show. He met, he had a really oh funny line. Gosh. I bet I was actually thinking about that, like imagining the water possibilities, right? Like people yeah. paddling up to games or actually swimming before games That's in awesome. designated areas. I, I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting a little crazy. Or you know they have like the the big screen outside, and then you can just paddle up and and watch it from your boat or your paddleboard. Right on Tempe Town Lake. I'm so about it. Um, Well, we know that sports betting is also a big part of the future for the Coyotes ownership group. It's also a big part of what we do here. And we're big fans ourselves of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I know all three of us use it. It's so easy to use. It's so fun to use. It's a great way to bet on the NBA finals right now because personally, I'm not super invested, but I'll get a little bit invested by the bets I place. Um, The NHL finals start. Wednesday. So that'll be really fun to bet on. You can even bet on Con Smythe winners. There's team futures. There's player futures. It's really exciting. There's so much you can do on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply See show notes for details. That's a mouthful, by the way. <laughs> it's not as bad as it once was. So. I hope, and we're talking about Stanley Cup, and we'll just make it really brief here because I know we're doing a show Wednesday. I sure as hell hope I can participate. I, I, this time zone things, I get confused. If if I cannot be there live on Wednesday, I promise I will pre-tape my picks so there will be no surprises and it will be official if I can't actually be there live. Yes, Petey will be on the road once again. I know. Back on a plane tomorrow heading to Denver. And I get it. I just had a phone call with the DNVR guys, too. So we hope we can do some crossover stuff. On nice, that. nice. That that would be awesome, actually, to see you in the DNVR bar. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to try. I'm definitely going to. I'm hoping to do Friday's show uh, live from DNVR. And, and we're 
we'll see what else we can do from there. We're working on it. So what do you guys think about a June or July draft in Arizona? Like, how do you manage that? Like, in, I think about it in Vegas. And it, here's the thing. I had this conversation with Gary Bettman, and, and I, I not to give something away, but I'm going to be writing another story. And I spoke to the commissioner this morning. But he insists that he never told me that we could put a uh, we couldn't put a draft in Arizona. And it, we were joking around a little bit, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that he told me that. And we talked about Vegas. And I said the thing about Vegas is you can stay indoors in Vegas. You literally don't have to go outside when you're in Vegas. You can't do that in Arizona. So how do you manage it? I'm, I'm listen, I'm game. I, I'd, I'd love to have the draft here. I'm just trying to imagine what it looks like because it's going to be like 112 degrees. But I get, first of all, it's unseasonably warm right now. First of all, it is because it's usually 108, not 115. So I'll say that. <laughs> but but if it's at the new, if you're talking about it's in Tempe and the Tempe facility, uh, yeah, I mean, just like anywhere else, we, we've survived this for how many years? You go from air conditioned hotel to an air conditioned car to an air conditioned restaurant. Like you're just not going to go golf 36 holes on the day of the draft. But you were in, were you in Dallas a couple of years ago? That was hot. It, it was, was humid. Cool. And you, I was in Tampa last week. It wasn't 112, but it was, I felt better here than I did in Tampa. I, yeah. It's not, it's a dry heat, Craig. You ever heard that? The dry I am heat. not wearing a suit. I can tell you that. If, if the draft well, no, is, it's, 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 but it would be course, Arizona casual. Arizona, of course. It's, it's Arizona not a very casual. big suit. Place. Yeah, we'll have to put that out. Maybe Biz will probably show up in a Speedo. Yeah, Arizona. Oh, God. oh good lord, Arizona <laughs> casual. I'm with I. I'm all in. I think it's going to be great, and I don't think it's going to. The the biggest obstacle is going to be golf. We'll just don't go golfing. I mean, they had a Super Bowl in Minneapolis for God's sakes. How, how can you not Very have a draft true. in Arizona? So and true. listen, if you want to cool down, just take a, a Four Peaks beer in your hand. Amen. Cool off with, with the beer. Um, I would recommend the peach for summer. That's my personal favorite. I'll just recommend the peach every single day and I'll find a reason to recommend it to you because it's my favorite beer ever. Um, so if you haven't checked out Four Peaks Beer already, it is our newest partner. We're so excited to be partnered with Four Peaks Brewing. And we're also really excited because we don't have a draft in Arizona yet, but what we do have is a draft party at Four Peaks Brewing Company on July 7th at 4 p.m., the official PHNX Coyotes draft party. PD will be there. Sean will be there. The PHNX crew will be there. There will be special guests that we're not even going to announce yet, but be excited. If you want to get tickets, head over to gophnx.com. They're, um, I believe, just $5 tickets. Um, so make sure you do that so you can get in the door. It's going to be a blast Craig and I are probably going to have FOMO, to be honest. Craig and I are going to be in Montreal having FOMO that everyone's just drinking Four Peaks and we're working hard in, in Montreal. Yeah, I can't. Honestly, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. We might have a Bobby margarita in our hand. Yeah, Bobby margarita. Absolutely. That's a fair point. Fair point. Um, as a reminder, though, must be 21 or older and enjoy it responsibly whenever you enjoy Four Peaks. But I, I can't wait for the draft. It's, it's I will close. I'm lifting my kilt at Four Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait can you say that can i say that i uh, wow I like myself for a minute while I'm yeah I, I don't really know um we have a lot of draft content coming your way um on the phnx sports on youtube we have our first uh, first round flashback video up it's an interview with danny Breer that craig and pd did to talk about um his draft experience and what it was like leading up and getting drafted in the first round and we'll have more multiple a week going forward until the draft Craig and PD have talked to some amazing amazing people um, but you'll have to be a member to get access to all of the 
rest of that series. So become a member at gophnx.com today. Sign up for an annual membership. You can get a shirt when you do or a hat in the locker, or you can try month to month, get your first month 50 cents. We also have prospect breakdown videos coming starting tomorrow. So it's highlight videos with from the experts themselves, Craig Button, Corey Promen, Chris Peters, um, on and, all of these prospects. Oh, are we announcing it? Why not? Okay, everybody, this is so exciting. <laughs> Bob McKenzie will be joining the PHNX Coyote show. What day was it? I should have known this, but June, June 29th, live. Yeah. Bob McKenzie, and as someone who grew up in Canada... When I think about hockey media, I think about Bob McKenzie. Um, he's always super dialed in to the draft and prospects. So we're so excited for him to join us and give his expertise and insight on prospects in the upcoming NHL draft for the Coyotes. I am excited for him because he's outstanding. But I will say this, as all things here revolve around me, and I'm all worried about me because it's about If me. it goes to Game 7, you're concerned about your ability to the make 28th. it. The 28th. Game, game 7 is June 28th. And I don't know if I can be there on the 29th. So now I got to, now I got to, because you know I have anxiety as, well, yeah. So I've got to start worrying about my plane ride on June 29th, right now, today. Today, I got to start worrying about my plane ride on Book June 29th. Book a 5 a.m. flight, baby. I know. Come on. There's a 6 a.m. out of Denver. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> Appreciate you. Buddy, you got to be on the show. I know. I just said I'll get a 6 a.m. flight. Your stress level. You got to be on After the show. game seven in Stanley Cup Finals. And if it's in Colorado and Colorado wins and I'm there for game seven, I'm probably not going straight to bed so that I can catch my 6 a.m. flight. So I may go straight from the, the after party to the plane to the show. Just giving you a heads up. That will not sleep that night. That works for me. Yeah. Sure. We'll and then Whatever. I'll get four peaks at the studio and go roll right into yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Day. A morning right. beer like Craig was having on Friday. <laughs> All right, just check. Oatmeal Stout from Four Peaks. Yeah. Um, our schedule the rest of the week, we'll have another Trade Talk Tuesday audio episode tomorrow. We'll be diving into the Darcy Kemper trade because it's super relevant um, with the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup final. So all of that tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we'll do our Stanley Cup final preview show with our predictions, another audio episode Thursday, some more stuff Friday, 11 a.m. every day, PHNX Sports YouTube channel and PHNX Coyotes, wherever you get your podcasts. Please like and subscribe and leave us a review. Please follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. I'm eating fake maple syrup on a Friday, and maybe we'll be taste testing some other foods. I don't know. Um, so you'll want to tune in for that show as well. Any final notes before we head out today? No, just a couple stories coming up. I mentioned one that I, I, I spoke. I'm, I'm going to be writing about the Sunbelt experiment this week. I did speak to Gary Bettman today about that. I have my next story in my scouting series coming out tomorrow, looking at the European amateur staff. And then I should have another arena story later this week. Awesome. And Petey hits the road tomorrow. So check out Petey at the playoffs hashtag on Twitter. He's been giving us some great content from the road. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you again to Javier Gutierrez for his time. Um, we appreciate it so much. We'll be back tomorrow for an audio episode. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone.